Canuck Central in the Kintec studio. Hour number two of the program is brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited, your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned BC company, helping local business since 1892. Stan Richo and Bick Nazar. Satyar Shah back uh, tomorrow for the game broadcast between the Canucks and Ottawa Senators. Uh, the late night puck drop on Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, so it is a Friday, Bick, which means uh, you get to step in for the mailbag today. Been stepping in all week. I did the uh, overrated. I know underrated. you were here for me earlier yeah. this week, and now mailbag? you're here for Sat. Pumped up. Unbelievable. We don't have features like this on the People Show. It's no wonder the uh, podcast numbers are through the roof this week. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all right. Let's bring in producer Josh Elliott. Well, it's time for the mailbag. Hello. Hi, Josh. Uh, we'll start with this one from Deaky Pete. When will the Vancouver Canucks be renamed to the Vancouver Hockey Agent 1 clients? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this guy's... Um, <laughs> Another Dan Milstein client signed with the Canucks today? We're up to five. Kirill Kudryatsev, I believe is how you would say it. Did you say Stev or Stev? Kudryatsev. Yeah, all right, you're good. You're yeah. good. I was screwing up the S and the T earlier. Oh, were you? I tried practicing in front mm. of the mirror today, <laughs> and uh, I realized I was saying the Stev instead of Sev. Uh, Sat and I actually talked about this player yesterday during uh, Prospect Central. You can find it back on the podcast. Sat uh, mentioned how this is a player on the rise in the Canucks organizational prospect rankings. Was a seventh round pick in the 2022 NHL entry draft. I believe Milstein was saying today to Chris Faber that uh, this was a player that was projected to go in around the third round, ended up falling all the way down to the seventh. And I remember doing the draft that day and um, looking at his projections uh, inside baseball. I tend to just look at expert rankings mm-hmm. <laughs> when you get that late in the draft. And I was surprised at some of the projections and some of the what the models were saying about this player and that it was a surprise when uh, he was selected in the seventh round. I'll say that much. So uh, he's uh, the newest Vancouver Canuck today. Gets his entry-level deal. Good for him. But as far as the question goes, 2025. <laughs> <laughs> That's when they'll be renamed. Vancouver yeah. Hockey Agent 1 clients. He, uh, is, uh, he is already the um, unofficial AGM of the team. The I didn't realize the Sharks also have the same number of clients. Five, yeah. yeah. So Likes if, the West Coast. If they get a Gavrikov, the Canucks take the lead. Uh, soon, soon. Rock Jerico, Kuzmenko. Why did we even consider trading him? And what would have been a fair trade coming back? So the consideration of trading Kuzmenko was a public conversation. Yes. That as far did, as actual consideration from the team's vantage point, probably didn't get very far. Inquiries made, I'm sure. Yep. But it's weighed against what you think you got to sign them for, and clearly they've signed them. Their idea was always to sign the player and not never move on. Um, look, he fell into your lap last year. You worked hard to bring him in. It's worked out perfectly. And you make the signing. You, in a world where the Canucks want to turn this around quickly, you know, you're sort of looking at the roster and saying, what sure things do we have? 
And what would you consider a sure thing? I would say the duo of Kuzmenko and Pedersen is a sure thing. And you start to have that and you build that out and you're like, okay, well, that's settled. We can focus on finding a duo that works better with JT Miller as our second line center. And is it maybe Ilya Mikheyev? Yeah. Is one of those guys. We really focus on working on our second pair now that we've added Philip Aronik. So it at least gives you some sure things to build around. And he looks like one hell of a player. And maybe just getting started. Still a lot to get better as he builds out his all-around game. What could you have gotten? I was always skeptical that you would have gotten the traditional, like, first-round pick and a prospect. Even considering mm-hmm. the salary cap uh, or the salary cap charge, even though it was low. It just... I don't know. I know NHL GMs, and I know come trade deadline time, they can't wait to spend too much on big players that profile as ones to have success in the playoffs versus the Russian winger who's never had to play a playoff game just yet. For instance, I always thought Tarasenko would go for more. If Kuzmenko was ever traded, Yeah, I thought Tarasenko would go for more. Always. Mm -hmm. Even the the salary cap issues and all that. That's a guy who won a cup. Because there's proof of performance. Yes. Teams love paying for confirmation. Mm-hmm. Whether that's right or wrong, taking Andre Kuzmenko was rooted in the idea of he's cheap and it's upside, but do you want to pay for the upside? Or yeah. would you rather just pay for the confirmation? I'm not saying it's right, not saying it's wrong, but teams will always pay for the confirmation first. I'll say this. There is no way, if the Canucks had traded Andre Kuzmenko, there is no way he would have gone for more than what Tampa paid for Tanner Janelle. Yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah, 100%. And Tanner Janot is nowhere near the hockey player that Andre Kuzmenko is. Yeah. But he's big. And it's good. He's got yeah. scarcity. <laughs> so there you go. Chris, how do you see the defense shaking out next season? You kind of talked about it already. But. Mm-hmm. So you have Hughes and Hronik. Beyond that, I think you would consider it a blank slate. Almost. I think they have two of the six available spots. <laughs> so is this... Uh, if they have they two only... of the six available spots settled. Yeah. Yeah. So if they only have two, does that mean uh, I think OEL and Myers are if you're asking coming me, back? If you're asking me on game one, I think Tyler Myers is still here. Interesting. Because I don't know if they're going to give out the $5 million signing bonus mm. and then say, no games played. Yeah. You probably want some return of that. And I could see it dwindling down, getting 40 games, retain, move out, use some of the assets that you've now hopefully gotten some more, or draft picks replenish, obviously, yep. and maybe you can go solve that problem later on. I, I, I think the version that we see of the Canucks defense on game one probably looks different than the version we see on game 40. Okay. Let's do this. Quinn Hughes and Philip Ronick are going to be here, right? We all know that. Yeah. Uh, let's rank... The Least probability <laughs> of who will be here next season. Yeah. Uh, Percentage point or rank? Let's just let's let's power rank it okay. on the fly here. Okay. Uh, Oliver Ekman, Larson, Tyler Myers, Ethan Bear. I need a spreadsheet. Pick <laughs> when he's slightly. How do you confused? not have a spreadsheet a ready spreadsheet. for this already? <laughs> okay. Let's do it again. OEL Myers Bear. 
OEL, Myers Bear. Uh, we could throw Dermot into that conversation. Mm-hmm. Jack Rathbone uh, is probably in that conversation. Willannon, Juleson, Burroughs. I think we can stop there. Yeah. How many more are we going to go with? Brisebois, we know, is going to be, yeah. at least in the organization. He's going to be in the organization in 2055. <laughs> and and big respect to him. Yep. Good for him. Uh, Philip Johansson has a chance to, I guess. Right. So most likely to not be here. Uh, or power, power ranking who's going to be here? Yeah, who's most likely to be here? I will put... Oh, man. I think Ethan Bear might be at the top of I the I think list. Ethan Bear might be one. I was debating between Bear and Myers. Yeah. I would Bear? say Bear and Willannon, 1A, 1B. Willannon as a UFA. That's, yeah. yeah, that's the issue. I guess. But I, I just feel I, like he'll get a one-year extension by the end of the season. Would love to see that. A lot of praise from uh, Rick Tockett recently. Mm-hmm. So Bear, I think, is most likely to be here. Uh, Tyler Myers, I think, is still likely to be here. I, I'd put Dermot sneakily higher because, like, what are his options? Right. His options might just be, I'll take a one-year deal, try to recoup my value. Yeah. Um, okay, so Bear, Dermot, Myers? Or I'm, Bear, I, I might Myers, even put Dermot number one. Mm. Just because it makes sense. Like, he might take a cheap deal. Yep. Okay. Whereas Bear's health is a lot more solid. Mm-hmm. I mean, after he comes back. But does Bear think there's going to be like a two what? by two deal out there for him? But my thing is, is who's more likely to be dealt, mm-hmm. Dermot or Bear? Bear. Yeah. So if I, if you put Ethan Bear with like a trade with another winger that you're trying to move out, yeah. Because does someone say, hey, we can get a D-man too? The point is, in this exercise. It's very, yeah, very much a blank slate. We, we haven't said Canucks. OEL at all because yeah. I, I, I just don't see an off season how you. I, I don't how I don't know how you get through this off season without buying them out. Like I just don't. You're unserious about the retool if you don't buy them out. Yeah, if, if your if your goal is actually to make the playoffs next year and this isn't like the number one consideration. Yeah. I don't. And like, again, like Patrick Alvin was sneaky confident about. Oh, we'll have money free. Don't worry about it. Like we'll be cap compliant. There's a lot of concern, mm-hmm. and one of the f- ways you can absolutely do it is just buy out and get seven million dollars space to be cap compliant. Yeah, which was his term. Well, it also is the way that you don't back yourself into a corner, right? Yeah. Now you need a big paycheck to pull it off. Nineteen million bucks. But as as I said, have the confidence mm-hmm. and have the conviction and the courage that the Minnesota Wild have had, or the Nashville Predators have had. <laughs> To yeah. buy out Kyle Turris and Suter and Parise. Yeah. Those teams those teams are willing to do it. If you're serious about winning, this is a serious consideration that has to be taken. Uh, next one. This one on the text line. Jeff Rowe, do you guys think the Canucks will draft a right-handed defenseman with their first-round pick? So I assume that would be uh, one of David Reinbacher or Axel Sandin Pelika. They do not have to. Do you think they do? I will say 80% no. It doesn't look like it's lining up. I think they've used their first-round pick on their the right-hand D-man that they've wanted. Yeah. It's Philipronic. I think if they had both, sure. Mm-hmm. But now that they've chosen, and it's going to be in the top eight, top nine, 
You hope? Knock on wood. Where are we? Where are we projecting that pick to be? I would Between say eight like, and ten. Let's assume. I'm just assuming they're nine. winning the lottery. You know. <laughs> I just assume it's going to be number one. You're just assuming, Connor. I, I I I picture the best case scenario, and then I deal with the problem thereafter. Yeah. So. Picture uh, best case scenario. I like I like the attitude. <laughs> right, but then like once it's eight, then I'm like, okay, now I work this problem. It's eight. Uh, I am. I'm. I'm less and less on the draft best player available mindset these days. Oh, I know that, that might be one. a hot take again, but what happened in the three days off? You changed a lot. <laughs> I think you need to reach in the draft for centermen and defensemen. Okay, that's fine. I but mean, like, Moritz Sider was a reach. In, in this draft, they're, it's all center and D-men. Is it? Not in the top ten. A, f- a fair chunk. I would say it's centers. I don't think it's D-men. Uh, between uh, sure, okay, Palika yeah, and Reinbacher are yeah. like the only two defensemen currently projected to go in the top 15. In March? <laughs> Talk to me in June. Well, nobody knew Moritz Sider was going to go six. In, in June, we'll be like, oh, this guy. Now, I, I'm not saying you should draft Barrett Hayton over Quinn Hughes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you still have to be smart about it. <laughs> but and, and but like if players, if you are gra- if your scouting staff is grading players similarly, you should give the, um, the you edge. know you should give the edge to the right shot defenseman or the centerman. Like I think scarcity matters. Yeah, it's it's pretty obvious that that's the way it's been working lately. It's hard to find those guys. So yeah. if they got to just to wrap this up, if they got to ninth overall, and let's say the the main four are gone at the top, and then let's say fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth is like Will Smith, Zach Benson, Brandon Yeager, and someone else. Do you then take Reinbacher at nine, or is there someone you like more? If it's between Reinbacher and Oliver Moore. I'd have a really hard time. Yeah. I really like Oliver Moore. Yeah. (laughs) He's a fast guy. Uh, Next one. Kobe, is Quinn Hughes a top five defenseman in the NHL this season? No, but it's close. I will also say no. This season. So the the problem was, is like the season, the start of the season is part of the equation. Yeah. If you said this calendar year, um, He's, he's definitely not top five. I, to be honest, I'm not even sure if he's top ten this year. Hughes has been insane. But he's been really good. Like, but compared- it's also a statement of how good the, the decor has been this year yeah. across the league. Like, To be top ten mm-hmm. or top five, you have to knock off uh, McAvoy, mm-hmm. Fox, yeah. Heiskanen, yeah. Darlene. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm already at five. Carlson because of the 83 points. Um... Josie. Even though I would not give Carlson the Norris. Oh, I didn't even mention Eric Carlson. Hedman. I haven't even mentioned him. Hedman. I would say, like, Hedman's had an off year this year. Yeah, but his off year is still, like, fantastic. And, like, Sergachev is taking Honestly, more power like, too. Honestly, like, you could flip a coin between McAvoy and Lindholm and who's been better in Boston this year. Yeah. It's scary. Slavin. <laughs> we haven't mentioned Slavin. Brent Burns has been really good in Carolina this Dougie year, Dougie Hamilton. Too. Dougie Hamilton's had a fantastic season. It, it's really tough to crack the top 10. I think next year, we're having a different conversation. I think I can make the argument that I, I'm not even sure if Quinn Hughes has been top five left-handers this year. So the thing about Hughes' season, and I'm going to pat myself on the back for being the first to be like, hey, his yeah. season's really underrated. And, and look, the last the last 
10 weeks. Yeah. He's been phenomenal. But we have to consider the previous 10 weeks, too. Mm-hmm. Hughes, like, only a, a handful of players have been on the ice for more goals for than Quinn Hughes this year. Uh, he's also, like, on this terrible hockey team at 5-on-5, five five, they've controlled 56% of the goals when Hughes on the ice. It's unreal. That's a better number than where Eric Carlson is at, and he's got 83 points this season. So what Hughes has done is very impressive. He still needs to improve his defensive game. I'm there with everybody on that front, but... But we can see obvious improvements that are happening in yeah. real time. Uh, the, the problem, you know... Like the Canucks just don't have anything beyond him on defense, and that's and 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 unfortunately that is reflecting on him and yep. his reputation around the league. I had a conversation with Brad May yesterday on the yep. People Show. You can go check it out. And I asked him about Pedersen and taking that step into like solidifying that you're like one of the top seven guys. And his point was he already is that. Mm-hmm. The pieces around Pedersen need to improve, and then you'll see the confirmation of like, oh my goodness, great players need great players. That same conversation applies to Quinn Hughes. Mm-hmm. As far as talent, and again, we're talking about seasons, not talent. Yeah. If you're asking me talent, like Quinn Hughes is one of the best seven, five guys, you could say that. But as the Canucks decor gets built out, you'll see him start to rise in these conversations a lot faster. Uh, this one from AJ. Do the Canucks need a Spro machine on their bench? Oh, my God. Did you guys see this today? <laughs> of course. <laughs> The Italians have a have an espresso machine on the bench. So so no Gatorade, BioSteel, like none of that. <sighs> is is I, it I just mean, like a Nescafe? Sure, cafe? but you know you spike it with some Spro in there too. But they had the full machine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who was pitching in the ninth, but clearly he didn't have a Spro before he went out onto the mound, giving <laughs> up that walk off dinger. Joe <laughs> Unbelievable! Out there just struggling. Is Joe Biagini on the uh, on the Italian national team? Yeah. yeah. Toronto Blue Jay minor leaguer now. Yeah. That's clutch, though. That is, like, fantastic to have that in the dugout. (laughs) Okay. So there was two incredibly Italian things that were on with this Italian national baseball team today. One was the espresso machine. And then one of their players had red peppers attached to his shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Incredible. If you need to stave off the malocchio, there is no better way than wearing a cornuto. <laughs> I love it. This one. John, who won the Bears-Panthers trade today? Da Bears. Yeah. But How did they get DJ Moore in the trade, too? Well, that, that, like, DJ Moore probably cost a first-round pick. Yeah. So... Do you want an extra first, or do you want DJ Moore? Mm. That's probably what it is. Yeah. The reports were that the Bears were pretty stuck on getting more in it as well. Right. But from the Panthers' point of view, like, are you going to give up a first? Another and, first. And keep DJ Moore, yeah. or are you going to give up DJ Moore and keep a first? Mm-hmm. I think they're probably saying, look, we'll just keep the first. Because that's probably what it costs. That is a massive trade. It's huge. Uh, and look, here's the thing. It's a big jump to go from nine to yeah. one. It costs like, usually you see, like... Maybe three or four, five, but going from nine to one, that's rare. And that's what happened here with the uh, with the Carolina Panthers. So they did have to pay a big price. I will say this. This can be win-win. Just because the Bears got this haul doesn't mean the Panthers lose this trade. Mm-hmm. If they get the quarterback right, it's worth it. Every single time, it's worth it. If you have a 14-year solution at quarterback, it's worth it. 
But you better be right. But you better be right. Um, and we were looking this up too. Like this sort of stuff, how much it costs. Yeah. Man, this doesn't even happen in the NHL. No. The last top five pick yep. for a team, like on draft day or in the draft process, not like the pick became not, a top yeah, five. Yeah, not, uh, you know, when. Stutzla or Ottawa. Byram. Yeah. yeah. Ottawa's. Uh, or Sagan. Like we're talking like. Shane selection. Someone being knew they were trading back from top five. Yeah. Was when Luke Shin was drafted. And we're now talking about Luke Shin at the end of his career. Sign a sweetheart deal to come back. Like, that's how long it's been. The Leafs moved up. Yeah, from nine to five. And that was just number five, like not even for number one. Mm. Uh, The Bears received the number nine, a second, a first in 2024, a second in 2025, and DJ Moore. Carolina receives the number one overall pick. How much do you think the rest of the NFL hates Denver for (laughs) screwing up the trade market for a a quarterback? Uh, Because I feel like that's bigger than usual. It's a big jump from nine to one. Like the Jared Goff, Matt Stafford trade, maybe you kind of screwed things up first. Yeah. But the Denver one was. It's also the only sport where it makes sense. Where like the Bears are like, well, we have Justin Fields, so we may yeah. we may as well try and trade this pick. Um, And if you're Carolina, you're like, we think we've got our QB of the future there. So Yeah, they don't have to look to the future as much because they know it's like it's real time. You got this guy, he's playing next year. Yeah. You, you trade a first overall pick in the NHL, it's, it's gonna be, or like a, a top five. It's, yes. it's, you're worried about like 2027. 20, it's tough. Uh, I, I remember uh, a lot of, well, Brian Burke, when he wanted to move up for John Tavares years ago, was like, yeah, good luck. You're not doing it. <laughs> this is 99 I, where you're trading with the Atlanta Thrashers. I had someone pose this question to me. I know we got to go to break. Yeah. But I had someone uh, ask me this question. I thought it was great. Because I was asking, I was just trying to price the idea of like, hey, what would it cost to move up for, for Bedard? And the phrase that got put back to me was this. Imagine you're in the draft lottery room, and they're just about to run the wheel or do the ping pong balls or whatever. And right before they do it, whoever's got the number one odds says, pause. Guys, I'll trade this right now. Yeah. I'll trade the best odds. Not even the pick. I'll trade the best odds. What would you give up? <sighs> like right before the, the lottery is done. Yeah. Just to get the best odds. And I think like my answer was like probably like four first four first to get the best odds but like don't you think somebody would do that so then you're guaranteeing to be in the top three yeah mm. not four first maybe three okay <laughs> but again just for the best odds yes now now imagine i don't think the value would be equal every year though no but just set the the baseline mm-hmm. so it's it's three first just for the best odds yes now imagine you win that lottery ends it's like okay now who wants what? Yeah. What's the next best offer? If mm. three first is the best for or the lowest for the baseline for just the odds, what's the confirmation worth? A lot. Probably twice that at least. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense in hockey. It really doesn't because you have so many more players to build out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Richo and Bick Nazar coming up. Yannick Hansen here on Canuck Central.